Hallelujah. There's a song this morning, and I'm going to sing it. The Lord wants me to sing it with you. It's one of his favorites, and it's one of my favorites. Lord, I thank you for your mercy, and I thank you for your grace, for all you've done for me. I can never repay, but here's all I am. Please use me. I've been created for your glory. So with my whole heart, I worship you all of my days. For you are faithful, so faithful. On my knees you never fail to provide. So undeserving, yet you still adore me. So with my whole heart, I worship you all of my days. So with my whole heart, I worship you all of my days. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so worthy. You're so holy. You're the only one for me. You're the lover of my soul. You're my God, my Savior, my Redeemer. You're the love of my life. You're in love with me and I'm in love with you. You care about me and I care about you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I want to invite anyone to come up and share what the Lord shared with you. Thank you so much for that. I love your boldness because I would get up here and croak, and I know the Lord loves my croaking, but that was truly beautiful. I was at the fair yesterday helping a friend all day long with her goat show, and the kids were out there helping, and um, ran into a young man that um, is addicted to heroin. And the Lord puts people in my path I don't feel capable at all to minister to, but he does. And um, I was just able to love on him and speak to him for a while, and he was very tender as he received whatever, you know, love I was able to bestow on him from the Lord. And it's okay if we don't make those changes. It's just what the Lord is doing in us and showing his love. But in the midst of that, and I was really tired yesterday, I got a text 
and it was from a friend of mine whose um, family member decided some years ago, a few years back, um, she's a young lady, but she decided that she was going to be transgender. She wanted to be a young man. And she um, encountered another um, young lady that had already gone through the change and become transgender to a male, um, gone through the surgical procedures and everything. This person was older than she was and really sort of mentored her, although it wasn't in the right way. And she looked up to this person and she was accelerating um, in her desire to be a young man. And uh, her family, of course, was devastated. This is one of those nightmare things that comes um, when you have a family member who has gone off the rails, so to speak, or you know, jumped over the cliff, like with heroin addiction. And uh, so there became a big rift in her family because they couldn't keep up with the change. They couldn't keep up with the pronouns she wanted them to use. Um, and this other individual who was partnering her continued to pull her away from the family and say, they don't love you, they don't have your best interest at heart, um, we need to separate from them, don't go near them, they don't love us, they don't care about us, they're not willing to fall into um, our community in the way that we believe. So her mom and her grandma were just devastated. But to make a long story short, um, when they were on their faces and, and couldn't cry out, there were those of us who stepped forward and stood in the gap and prayed for this young lady. And um, as I was in the bathroom one night and sitting in the bath, probably too much information. Anyway, um, I was just really talking to the Lord and just broken over this. And um, her grandmother had had a conversation with her um, about being sure. And she goes, I'm absolutely sure. That door is closed. There's no going back. I have no doubt. And the Lord said, there is doubt. This young lady does have doubt, and she does have fear. She's not ready to make that leap. The door is still open. And so that's what I prayed for. I prayed for that door to remain open. I prayed for that doubt to grow. And I got a text yesterday saying that this young lady had split with this person, that she had a suddenly, it was unexpected, and that she was now calling herself by a female name. And uh, she's actually um, f far from home. She's in Wisconsin, so she's kind of lost and without support. She went to a crisis clinic. So um, as we were worshiping today, um, I was kind of overcome because I saw the Lord with his hands stretched out, and there was a gold sparkly road leading to him, and there were people that were running, fleeing into his arms, but there were those that were crawling, and there were those that were ta taking tentative steps forward, but then they were retreating. And I think it's just important that... Um, that we don't focus on what we see and perceive in the natural, that we don't get devastated when those nightmarish things happen, when we see people falling off the cliff, and that we're not afraid to approach them and love on them. Because as scary as it is, somebody that has heroin addiction and, and their actions and the way they're acting, the last thing you wanna do is go up and hug on them or touch them or invade their space. But this young man received the love that I gave him yesterday. I touched him, I touched his heart. And I, I hugged him and held on him and looked him in the eyes. And I spoke words of encouragement into him because he has a gifting for art. 
And I said, you can do anything that you want to do. And, and so I spoke into that. And he walked away, I believe, with hope. And so um, I just ask that we pray for those suddenlies and pray to expect the unexpected and stand in the gap. Because as the song was talking about hallelujah, um, ask the Lord to change their cries to hallelujahs because they have that hallelujah in them. And we can help pray it in. Well, I haven't been here in a couple weeks, and I have an explanation for that. Um, about a month ago, Scott and Sharon and David prayed for me. I came forward. Um, they were saying anybody that would like prayer, come forward. And I asked for prayer for my knee, my right knee, and for my gums. Um, I had a problem with receding gums in the front here. So my knee was healed immediately. I didn't get any more pain after that. Yes! And then I came up for prayer again right before my surgery, thinking that God can do the miraculous. Because that was my plan for him. But how many of you know that our plans are not the same as his? His ways are higher. Well, when I went into the surgeon, she took pictures, she examined everything, and she said that I was a good candidate for the surgery. There was one tooth that was very severe that I thought if I did not have surgery, it would get loose and fall out. So not only I had the choice of either going through with this or eventually having it fall out and have to have an implant or whatever they call it. So... I went through with the surgery. I can still show you my stitches because I don't get them out until Tuesday. But the awesome thing about the story is the ending. God has better ways than we have. He has a better ending to the story than we could ever have. Because not only did the surgeon, what, see what they do is they take a piece of skin from the top of your mouth and they graft it down here. They make slits in your lip right along the gum line, and they intertwine that skin in between. Not only did he fix that tooth, but he fixed, excuse me, she, because it's a one oral surgeon this is a lady. Um, God had her fix all the three other teeth in the area that were starting to recede. So now I have four teeth fixed when before... I was looking at just getting one. God fixed them all and fixed them at the price of one tooth and not at four. So instead of, so instead of paying $6,000, I got away, well, actually, after paying, getting discounts for paying cash and my, um, what do you call it, uh, what the insurance would kick in, I only ended up paying $1,200. So... You know, just believe, and that's what I did. I, I've learned to experience to just have faith that somehow God's got a bigger plan than we do. So I just can't say amen enough. Good morning. Hey, about three, four weeks ago, I did a declaration about our prodigals. How many of you are seeing some changes in your homes and your families? My whole family, I mean, my kids, they are upside down, getting righted, sided up. 
You know what I mean? I'm just like, wow, who'd have thought a jail time could be so profitable? You just cannot lean on your own understanding. It, it, it just, there'll be a longer testimony to come, but amazing God we serve. How he takes care of all of that is just, I, I just, oh my goodness. Can you imagine life without him? No. And these, these kids think that they're just all that in a box of chips. And then, bam, God interrupts. God has a birthday present for you, Lance. Would you come up? Lance's birthday is tomorrow. Today is Miss Connie's birthday. Yay, Connie, Connie, Connie. Yeah, we love you. Come on over here, because would you just kind of face me? Because I, I don't have enough moving space. You've got to come over here. I'm a seer, so when we were in praise, and for me, uh, just for the girls, when we, the old church, didn't it feel like our Saturday morning soaking times we would have? where we just lay on the floor and let his word wash over us. I love today. We got to do that. That's, that was. And while I was doing that, this is what I saw for you. The Lord says that the season you have gone through, you have been aboard a freighter ship. And this freighter ship got lost at sea. And he said the storms came from the north, the south, the east, and the west, but the winds that came were not from him. And he said that freighter just was tossed around. And he said, now, he said, the freighter has come into port. And he said, it is resting, waiting for its birth. Now, for a boat, the birth is where it comes in and gets loaded and unloaded. For you, I believe it's a new birth of a new season. And the tugboat that came alongside is chugging. And he said, you are no longer on that freighter. But he said, you now in this new season, my beloved son, he said, you are on board the tugboat. And the tugboat is sturdy. The tugboat does not get thrown to and fro. The tugboat is solid. The, the, the tugboat will pull you through whatever may try to come at you or against you. But he said, awaken. It is a new season. And he said, it is a season of stability. And this morning I woke up. He tries to get me out of bed to pray in the morning. Not doesn't work so good. But this morning when he woke me up, I looked at the clock and it was four three two. Well, okay, so whoopee God, four three two. And he said, No, he said, You speak two languages fluently. What do accents mean? And I said, accents mean a lot of what's, what's the power behind it? What, what do you emphasize? So it wasn't four, three, two. It was four, three, two, one, change for you. Change, 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 Lance. Change, change. <laughs> he said, it's done. Do you receive it? Yay. Thank you, Lord. You are good. Yay. Happy birthday, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh. <laughs>
kind of goes along. Me, I mean, no. I said this is going to be really short. You are kind of short. Um, well, the one thing I had wanted to mention, which is a really important component, and it speaks to um, what Marilyn's getting to, last week um, Connie prayed um, for a family member, and one of the things that she prayed was um, a shift um, from being captured to captivity by the Lord. So um, I truly do believe that's a timely word. It hit my spirit profoundly, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a shift, and that's what he wants to do. Testimonies are so rich because you know you you cannot take a person's testimony. You can call them a liar, but that doesn't mean it's a lie. Do you know what I'm saying? Because when you know that you know that you know that you know, you know. Okay, so another gal friend from the old church called, and 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 she she's always calling because she wants reality checks. You know what I mean? How that is, and um, and and her son has just been lost in alcohol just lost in alcohol and rebellion and he's just you know he, he's just like a train wreck yay god god loves train wrecks i mean he doesn't cause them and he wishes there was no reason for him but you know train wrecks that's when people come in to rescue people come in who are merciful people who come in to know how to set captives free blah 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 well she got him to go to treatment right and he was like, if you'll just send me to this $3,000 21-day thing, everything will just be fine, you know. And I said, no, he has to want it. So let's pray that God just rips him open. Don't want to be on the receiving end of that one, but been there, done that. <laughs> I get it. So he kicked and fought all the way through treatment. He tried to con, he tried to manipulate. She was texting me 24-7, because I used to be her, her kid, if you, you know, in, in behaviors. No, don't do that, say this. No, don't say that, say this. Well, all of a sudden, he's starting to go to AA. Now, there is a miracle. And Remember the, those old commercials? This is a generation gap. Gap. Give it to Mikey, he'll eat it. Okay, he's like liking the AA meetings. And then yesterday he was so proud because at his meeting he was going to get his first medallion for 30 days clean and sober. And this, for this kid, this is like, no. And then she started to kind of get nervous about, but it's not church. I said, yes, it is. Because they are constantly referring you back to a higher power. And nobody's shoving anything down your throat. I said, we are praying he checks it out. Because that's where I found Jesus. When I was in a 12-step program, I looked around, and there was like four clumps of people. Here are the people that were playing the game for the courts. Okay, I didn't want what they had. These are the people over here who are just kind of the doorknob, is my conscience. Well, hang on to that one for no good reason, because what's that doorknob going to teach you? The third one was the group conscience. Well, with all due respect, you're in a 12-step program. Why do I want to grow up and be just like you? I want to graduate with honors. And here was the fourth weird, weird little group. They had a name too, Jesus Freaks. 
I looked at them and thought, freak or not, they're laughing, they're having fun, they're working whatever this program is. I want to go hang with them. And I told my friend, don't you think for a minute Jesus doesn't show up in those meetings. Because Jesus is everywhere there is a person crying out for truth. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I mean, I, I, I made an altar call once at Life Center just because I never did it. And he says, okay, I'll just go up there. And they were all trying to get me saved, and I was already speaking in tongues because I found him in a different way. But our prayers are working. Our, our prayer chain, oh my gosh, the impact of that. I don't know about you, but when somebody asks me to put it on our prayer chain thing, first prayer up, and it's usually this guy because, you know, he's walking, talking, and texting. Um, plus, he has amazing prayers. I copy those because Naira taught me how to copy and paste on that. Love you for that one. And I send it back to the person who put in the request. It's awesome. It is a ministry all in its own. So consider doing that because this mom says, oh my gosh, you guys really pray. And you know, and inside you go, well, duh, except how many of you know that that really is unusual? And then I say, yeah, because these are prayer warriors. And then they see that we prayed. They see what got prayed. They're in agreement with the warrior piece. And then they cry because it's for their beloved family member. And they're learning. Every single one writes me back and says, I would have never thought about praying that way. I would have never, because they're babies themselves. And so please know that it's powerful. It's impacting. It, you know, for you and me, it's just part of our daily walk. But for others, it is just huge, just huge. So just savor the testimonies, keep praying, and, and just keep rejoicing, because if I could sing, I'd sing, he is good all the time. That's as far as I get with that one. Wow. So those were two really powerful testimonies. <clears throat> and... Uh, don't want to go too much longer with this part of our meeting because I want to get all that we can get out of those two. You guys take your time. Make sure you deliver everything that God's given you. So, But those two testimonies, how many of us in this room have family members or people that are, we would say are prodigals that need to come home? If you, if you don't, then you know maybe you need to figure out who those people are because I'm sure every one of us has them. How many of us have people that are in our sphere somewhere that are either going through uh, transitioning, this transgender issue, or are struggling with the alternative lifestyles? A few of us. So one of the things that we like to do as Legacy City Church is take that, that scripture in Revelation chapter 19, verse, I believe, 11, and it says, the testimony of Jesus which you just shared. This is, these are Jesus' testimonies. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, we want to prophesy and declare the testimonies that you two just shared over all of these people. So we just declare it now. So I, and 
let me just read something real quick, then I want to get Dave and Sharon. Why don't you guys go ahead and come up? That'll help shorten my time here. So during worship, I felt like there was a moment where we were just kind of worshiping and getting in that, in that towards the end, and I was listening. I was like, you know, Lord, do you have anything that you want to say that to me? I just felt like I, my, I was called to let my ear be turned towards him for a minute. And I heard him say that he is singing over us. I, I've heard that scripture before, and I've thought of that, but I, I know at the moment he was actually saying to me, in the Father's voice, I am singing songs over my children. So I started typing it up. And I'm not going to sing it, Tao. Thanks. <laughs> you set the standard too high for us. I'm not going to sing it. But I, this is what I heard him say. I'm singing, and I could just hear his voice, songs of freedom. But, it was, but he was singing it. And it was repeating, songs of freedom. See, if I could sing it, it would be a lot more powerful to tell you this. But over my sons and daughters, over the ones I'm calling back home, over those in Naira's picture of the, the road back to the throne, over my sons and daughters, over the ones I'm calling back home, over those who are near to be washed in my strength and goodness, my power and kindness. And then he was saying for us today, as he is singing this over us, sit at my table and feast on what I've set before you. It's a banquet table set like no other time before. In the presence of your enemies, feast in my surrounding presence. And there's a whole bunch more, but I'm going to save that. Shofar moment? I don't even know what it sounds like to pretend, so I won't, but come closer, come closer. Do you guys want to sit on the thrones, kings and priests? Yes, we're going to sit. We're going to move these closer because we don't want this to be a us and them kind of thing. This is a we. Do you want this? Yeah. Yeah, when you're, when you're in Jesus... You're a we. You're in the family of Jesus. You're in a worldwide family of Jesus. What's up? You're putting the clock. She's going to time us to keep us on track. Um, we're just, this is going to be more like a talk. This is going to be something that uh, we have learned over the years that have helped us, and hopefully it'll be worthwhile, not boring. You know, I don't want anybody like. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. So, you know, we've all been in those meetings. I'm hoping this isn't one of them. Um, our prayer is to encourage. Mm-hmm. You know, we want everybody encouraged. The testimonies are very encouraging, mm-hmm. and we thank everyone for those. Um, yeah. So, um, as we're. You know, we're always like, ooh, what are we going to talk about? And so, um, you know, our prayer was just, Lord, we just want to share the things that, um, that we've gone through and that the things that we've, um, how we've come out of it and how um, the things that we had to go through, the things the Lord showed us that caused us to, to walk through. 
And one of the um, one of the biggest things that we began to see, which became more clear, was that um, you know we I know we talk about religion a lot, and religion really is. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really not, it's not a nice thing. It's a, it's a rule-keeping thing. It's a checklist thing. It's a, are you good enough? Have you been good enough? Have you earned it? Do you deserve it? And of course we don't. It's, um, in the Old Testament, you know, the Lord gave us the law. And the law was just to say, hey, look, you need me because it is impossible it's impossible. Sorry, sorry. That's a Star Wars reference, but um, it's impossible for us to keep the law. And so once we be, once we come to that place of realization that um, we can't keep those things, um, so what? So what it is is he says, "I sent my son, and my son was perfect, and he was the only one who could." fulfill the law. And so as long as you stay in my son, you're going to be okay. And so uh, for us, it was kind of, it has, it's been a, um, like a, like a learning to, um, for me, I didn't realize how deeply embedded religion was in, embedded into me. And so, um, I found myself, you know, it's like, okay, have I done enough? Have I been good enough? And so um, that's when uh, when he's showing me, this is who you are in Christ. In yourself, no, you're, you're, you don't have it. I gave an example once of finding this dried, unpleasant piece of cat turd and uh, it was in a scarf, and I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this? Oh, this smells horrible. And, um, and in that moment, that's when the Lord said, he says, and when you try to be good enough, that's how it is to me. It's horrible. So just stay in Christ. <laughs> and that's one of the things we talked about was being in Christ. And I had brought up, I said, and what is what is God's will for our lives. And Sharon's like, ooh, God's will for our lives. That sounds so religious. <laughs> so, so, hard. so hard because, you know, we've all heard, you know, people tell us what the will of God in our lives is, you know. The will of God in your life is to be a, a missionary. China missionary. I see you over there teaching Chinese. Uh, that doesn't sound like it, but. Uh, not, not for us, anyways. No, not for us. We've been told, yeah, your will of, the will of God for you is children's ministry. And we're like, what? I don't think so. Not us. Not us. Yikes. So, one of the things we, uh, we thought we would read is uh, 3 John 2. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. This is what the will of God is for your life. It's not go here, go there, do this, do that. This is the will of God for your life, that, you're, that you enjoy good health and that your soul is prospering. 
know, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. You know, if, if somebody's telling you that the will of God is this or that, and then you're in that and doing it, and your mind, will, and emotions are in turmoil, and that's probably not the will of God. No, because he wants you to enjoy. He yeah. wants your mind, will, and emotions to be at peace. Yeah. Um, so two of the people in the Bible we want to bring up that have two different, completely different approaches. Now what we're going to be talking about is the vertical relationship, which is this way, and the horizontal relationship, which is this way. Mm-hmm. I do that because I... She was talking horizontal this way and vertical this way. I said, no, it's horizon is this way and vertical is this way. So that's the only reason I bring it up. So I thought I would, you know, vertical, horizontal. Yes. Um, Two different approaches. Um, Could you put up Luke 10? what do we have? Okay, I want to go back just to number 40, which I can do right here. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him. Basically, in some version, it says she interrupted him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And the Lord answered her and said, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Now, everybody kind of rags on Martha. You know, because she was busy and stuff. But think about it. I mean, what if somebody came to your house and said, look, the Pope's going to be here next week. He's coming to your house. What are you going to do? Are you just going to sit at his feet? No, you're going to go out there and go, oh, my gosh, my yard. It's terrible. I need to get some landscaping done. I need to clean up my yard. I need to vacuum. I need to make a meal. So. So just kind of going back to the, the vertical relationship. Uh, so in our, in our thinking, in our mind, will, emotions, our thoughts, um, as, we, um, as we learn to yield and lean into that, uh, that provision of Jesus, into, as we begin to lean into his perfection, um, then when we do come into those times when we have those Martha times in our lives, then um, if, we, if we take that time to just yield to the Lord and to his thinking, it isn't that those things aren't important, but he, it is his leading, his guiding, his direction that he helps you go through these things. I mean, it's very much like... Um, Deb's example of, or I'm sorry, Leslie's example of maybe this, maybe this correction in your teeth wasn't what you would have chosen, what you would have preferred, but um, because you're leaning into him, you know, he's bringing out a better result. And so, um, 
So as we do get our, as we do become uh, more familiar with the Lord's heart, with his thoughts towards us, um, that he does see us um, full and complete and perfect, um, we begin to see the world a whole lot differently. So this, this horizontal walk is not as, uh, <laughs> is, <laughs> is not as difficult. So um, it isn't that it isn't difficult, but his peace and his love and his grace, they buoy you above that, above that turmoil and above that chaos. And Jesus wasn't criticizing her for being busy. What he was criticizing her for is that she was troubled, pulled away by all these distractions. And what he said uh, Mary was doing was sitting at his feet. I think sometimes when we're busy, we're busy for the Lord, um, I think we tend to introspect. We start looking at our lives like, oh, man, am I good enough? Am I, am I doing enough? Am I busy enough? Am I, uh, you know... I've got these sins. I've got the, I'm yelling at the guy in front of me because I'm trying to get to work or whatever. Trying to get to church. Trying to get to church. Get out of my way. <laughs> but I think, I think that's what happens when we're this way. We think that the busyness and the stuff for the Lord is the Lord's will. But Jesus said Mary's way was the way. And I think what happens is, is we just don't get that chance to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to his word and to you know, practice his word, you know, to bring his word and his life and what he has to say about us into our own lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we start getting out here and we start losing our balance. So what we need to do is start doing this and start, we need actually to take the time. The vertical is where it's at. Mm. So, how do we get on the merry? The merry path. The merry path. It's saying who we are in Christ. It's our declarations or prophecy on saying who we are in Christ. And listening to what Christ has to say about us. Not what the world has to say about us or the enemy. Because the enemy's got nothing but bad to say about us. He's going to beat you down every chance he gets. Because he's just mean. He's rotten. Um, but it's with this relationship that this starts becoming easier. Because then we know who we are in God, what he has for us, and what the Lord says about us. Now, this is an example. You can try this. We came up with this all by ourselves. Sharon came up with it all by herself. <laughs> um, just try this. 11 minutes after the hour... Or if you see an 11 somewhere, speak these words aloud. I am my beloved, and he is mine. This is uh, Song of Solomon 6.3. Solomon 6.3, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Mm -hmm. Just speak these words out loud when you see 11. Now, you can use your own number. There is nothing significant about 11. 11 is just, it's just kind of there. So. Yeah. I, I like to give homework, something solid, 
so that when you know when you leave um, so this is just a number to trigger you to say hey it's time for me to um, speak the word over myself uh, put the word in me just because we we are all busy we all live in a very busy world there's lots of distractions lots of demands but if we have just a little reminder so that throughout the day that we are speaking to ourselves I am my beloved's and he is mine he is within me I am his garden of delight so it begins to um, so it's like as the, the thoughts of the world, the flow of the world are, are trying to go through your, you know, to go through your brain, go through your mind and implant itself. This is basically saying, oh, we're putting up the stop sign and we're going we're gonna to allow the Lord's love and peace to buoy us up, up above all the distraction of the world. And we're going to remind ourselves of, of who we are. Um, one of my, I guess one of my declarations, proclamations in my own, um, my own private time is um, what I call crown life. And I see myself seated in the lap of Jesus. And uh, so for me, what I do is I, I say, Lord, I am crowned with your kisses. Just like you would, just like when Tao brings little baby Stella here, you just see somebody you just want to wrap up and hug and smell and kiss. And so seeing myself in, in that same way in, in the lap of Jesus, Lord, I am crowned in your kisses. I am crowned with your delight. I am shrouded in your embrace. And so then it isn't that I neglect my work or or not do what I'm supposed to do at work, but it's just, it doesn't allow the, the work to uh, weigh me down. So um, it puts everything into perspective. And this is the merry moment. And he said, Jesus said she chose this. So in order to do these merry moments, we have to choose to do this. This is something we have to consciously say, okay, I'm going to start doing this. And it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Another thing is don't give up. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, how many gardeners do we have out here? People, Gardeners. You know, you don't go out and water your lawn once and done. You know, it's like, you know, if you were to water your lawn once and then let it go, it would dry up and blow away. So this is kind of like watering your garden. This is kind of like weeding or mowing the lawn. Your lawn, especially in the spring, if you mow it three days later, it's got to be mowed again. That's just the way it is. And the Bible gives a lot of stuff about reaping and sowing and a lot about farm life. And one of the things it talks about is reaping and sowing, reaping and sowing. So as you mow the lawn, you have to do it over and over again. So with these declarations, do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself, choose the merry path, choose the merry moment. And like I say, don't give up, just keep doing it. Keep doing it over and you will see a difference. There is a difference, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere from bad to good mm -hmm. because the enemy, this, you know, the enemy is out on the horizon waiting, but 
When you've got this going on, there's no way for him to get in. He can try. He can try. <laughs> so, well, we don't whoop them in ourselves. We simply, we just simply uh, keep the word um, and allow the word to, uh, you know, it's like when you, um, when the kids go out for summer and you put those little rings on them or you put a little life vest on them, you know, so that they stay above the water. So as we, um, as we continually remind ourselves and as we continually speak and put our words out into, um, into our environment, it does change us. It does change our environment. And, um, you know, one of the things, this, well, the, kind of going off path a little bit, but yesterday we ended up with uh, three of the granddaughters, which, um, it was nice, but kind of unexpected. And, and for us, we were like, okay, you know, we're going to spend that time and we're going to be all spiritual and holy and, and prepare. And, um, but, you know, we had the girls and, and, you know, I'm like, oh, Lord. And he said, he says, I want you just to enjoy and be in the moment and, um, and don't worry about this stuff. And so it's like, okay, we're going to enjoy, we're going to have a good time, make a mess, you know, have fun. And then, and then our water went out. I mean, I'm, I had the dishwasher going, and I went to turn on the faucet, and there was like, there's nothing. And, um, and it's Saturday. And uh, so, you know, I, David immediately, he, he starts checking it out. And then um, he goes out to, because uh, we live out in the boonies, so he goes out to the pump house, and uh, sure enough, there's something going on out there. And then my neighbor, who we share water with, uh, she calls, and um, she's, she's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, Lila, David's on it. We're, you know, he's checking it out. And he comes back, and... Um, she calls a few minutes later, and they're chatting, and he says, yeah, I found the parts, but the store is closed. It's Saturday. And he says, you know, I got all the part numbers that I need. And she goes, well, give me the number. Or she says, give me your parts list, because I know that guy. And uh, so she went out, and uh, so she calls his her buddy, who... I, who knows somebody that has these odd motor parts on a Saturday? So she shows up probably two hours later with all the parts that we needed, that David needed to fix the, to fix the pump. And so we, I call her up. I'm like, hey, Lila, we're, we're going to cut off the main water line. And so um, we'll give you a call when it's all repaired. So um, probably about 20, 30 minutes later, I call her back. Hey, Lila, it's good to go. It's, you know, pressure's back up. We got water. And um, I, I'm thinking about this. There's just so much happening so fast. I'm like, Lord, what's, this is like a moment where the enemy really could have gotten in there, you know, scolded me about not reading, not praying, not studying. Where's your checklist? How come you haven't done this or that? And then um, with, the, uh, with the pump going out, 
Um, you know, David could have been really upset and, you know, slam, slamming things around and, you know. <laughs> you know, but, the, but it was just staying in that peace. You know, it was just staying in the peace. The girls had a great time. We had a great time. Our, the, the parts were, were available on a Saturday. I mean, it was just, just so amazing. And so it really was about just seeing how the Lord was working, how the Lord was at work in that situation. And it was his peace that was, that was the deciding factor in all of it. It could have gone very bad, and instead it's it's just, <laughs> I'm kind of like dumbfounded, I'm like, wow, okay, that was great, that was awesome, sorry. <laughs> now it's like Sharon said, we could have gone off the rails, we could have gotten into that religious spirit where it's like, Lord, how come you let this happen? Mm. You know, how come you let this happen? Yeah. Because, you know, religion is, is one of those things where it's, it's not a peaceful thing. It's like, uh, you know, if anybody's been driving down the road, you know, you look in re your rearview mirror and you see a cop in your rearview mirror. What's the first thing you do? You look at your speedometer. You go, man, am I, f oh, not going too fast. Oh, 10 and 2, 10 and 2. You know, no cell phone. Okay, no cell phone near me. I, th I think I'm good, you know. And what's it do? It makes you tense up. You're like, oh, gosh, I wish that cop would turn off. And that's what religion is like. Religion, this way, tries to isolate you from God to make, to make you think that you need someone else's help to get to God. But this relationship with Jesus says... You have access to the throne room. You have access to the Holy of Holies. If you're in need, I am here to meet that need. Yeah. So start declaring over yourself regularly, I am a child of God. Yeah. I am a child of the Most High God. Okay. And he takes care and meets my needs. Yeah. That's good. So we have, and then we've got, can you bring up that last verse? Okay. So this was more David's verse. <laughs> this is John 17, 12. <laughs> and uh, this is Jesus. He's praying. He's, he's um, talking to the Father on our behalf. And he says, well, I was with these that you have given me. I have kept them safe by your name that you have given me. None of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost so the scriptures would be fulfilled. I suppose we could have left out that last part. But what, what, we, were, um, what we were really focusing on is that um, this is what Jesus has spoken over us. Um, and it's really just, it's the principle, it's, it's what he said, but it's also the principle of what he was doing, and that we have that same, that we can do that same thing, where, um, you know, where we can speak, oh, where you go? <laughs> where, where's the first? This is the second half that I neglected to put up there. Actually, it was Sharon's fault. <laughs> It says, after that prayer, he says, the scripture might be fulfilled, but now I come to you, 
and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. This is what Jesus spoke in the world over his disciples. So now that Jesus has gone up to the right hand of the Father, we speak these things over ourselves, over our spouses, our children, our loved ones. We speak it over our church body, that your joy may be fulfilled in themselves that Jesus' joy might be fulfilled in themselves. Because Jesus had great joy. These guys were ready to go out and ready to conquer the world. They were on fire. After a bit. After a bit. (laughs) After Acts. Yeah. So so it's just, what we just want to do is just share and encourage and just share some of the things that... um, for us, what we have finally, you know, learned to do in our walk is just to no longer allow, um, you know, no longer allow ourselves to be beat up by the enemy. Uh, no longer allow rule keeping to be our guide. The, um, the biggest thing is just stay in Christ, stay in peace, and you know, when you find yourself going sideways, just come back, you know, come back to that word, come back to that, I am my beloved's, and he is mine. And if, if there's another verse that works for you, that brings you back to that place of peace, you know, um, the other one is, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there, and there, in that, he talks about that he is leading us, and he is guiding us. And so if you find yourself in a place where it's not a great place, he's going to lead you out of it. Just, just yield to that peace. Yeah, I bring it up time and again because I love the 23rd Psalm. But it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, sounds like it may have been his choice. But it says, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then it talks about how he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Mm-hmm. And when we speak, when we speak this way, you know, Lord, you know, this is your word, then it disarms the enemy. Mm-hmm. It takes away any power he would have over you. Mm-hmm. Because when we give the enemy power, when, we get the, when the spirit of religion comes in and we think that we don't have access, that's the enemy that comes in. And tries to block us but when we go when we have a good relationship this way this way is good this way is very good yeah so that's all i got for you <laughs> that is all <laughs> so if you guys we're going to be up here for prayer afterwards so if you are yeah yeah i just want to say if you find yourself walking through the valley of the shadow of death Come on up. It's just a shadow. Um, As you were speaking, and Connie reminded me um, of Tao when she brought um, her story about the tree. She had that dump dump truck load of faith to cry out and say help, but yet she turned around and looked and expected, had that expectation. When you guys brought it today, it's like... um, Gosh, I'm just going to have a senior moment. (laughs) 
When you guys brought it today, it reminded me of the verse, um, the Lord knows before we even cry out what we need. And so you had that peace, that faith, knowing that he knew your need because nothing surprises him. He already knew that that was going to happen. And so he provided it. It says, don't let your prayers be wordy because he knows what you need before you ask. So I try to stick with that. That's one of the things I try not to is these, you know, big floral prayers. You know, some people are good at it. I'm not much. It's just boring for me. But it says the Lord knows your need before you even ask. He knows how many hairs are on our head even, so we know. Before these guys pray for all of you, (laughs) you're going to line up and just receive. I'm teasing you. So as you guys are talking about this religious spirit thing that tries to to punish us, the word punisher came to mind. And I think it's, does Danny talk about that in Culture of Honor, about the punisher? Well, what was that? There's a punisher. So we all know that Jesus went to the cross and he took our punishment, the punishment that we deserved, the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. So he took our punishment. But that punisher, the, the devil wants to, he wants to punish us. He wants you to try to take back what Jesus paid for. And I was thinking of this scripture, just to throw this at the end here. Love, it's from first, now I'm gonna mess up. 1 John 4, 1 John 4, verse 18 mainly, but I'll read it from the Passion. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. And it starts out by saying, God is love. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us. God wants us to remain in his love. Jesus took care of the requirements of the law and our punishment for where we fell short. So whenever the punisher rears its ugly head, you guys gave us some tools. Speak over yourself. Speak. It's a powerful tool. He gave us his word as one tool and his word on our tongue, speaking it over our lives and over everyone we love's lives is a huge, powerful tool and it makes a difference. It's like, a, it's like one of those icebreakers. You think, oh, that ship's gonna crumble. But man, it just keeps cutting through that hard ice and busting it up. And that's what our words do when we speak this way. That's what it does. It busts up the enemy. Yes, let's pray. (laughs) Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he paid the ultimate price for all our sins, not just some, but all, past, present, and future. Jesus, right now we forget what is behind and we press on towards the goal, which is your love, Lord, your love in our lives, your love in our kids's, our spouses, our loved ones, our church body, we press toward the goal of your love 
that everyone would come to the full knowledge of your love, Lord Jesus, that you love us so much you gave your life as a ransom for all. We thank you for this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your peace, for your presence. We And Father, we just speak that over this body today, that, uh, that they would feel your shrouding of your embrace, um, and that it would be over their hearts, over their minds, Father, that they would walk in that joy. In fact, as they um, end the day, Father, they will come to realize, I feel like I haven't even touched the ground today. And so uh, we just pray, Father, that they would feel that your peace would be sensed and it would, be, it would carry them through every, every moment today and uh, help each of us to walk in that. Thank you. Amen.